In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Imagine a world shrouded in confusion. The complexities of political positions throughout the nation lead to undesirable results. A legitimate leader is removed and has a puppet put in his place. People have broken faith with the Lord, and the people of God experience a variety of responses to what has occurred. This, this was the state in which the people of Israel found themselves during the time of Ezekiel. By the time Ezekiel begins his ministry, the first group of exiles had been deported to Babylon about five years prior. The king of Judah, Jehoiakim, had been taken among the exiles, but the Babylonians had appointed Zedekiah, Jehoiakim's uncle, to reign in his place. Amid the chaos and confusion, God called Ezekiel, a priest, to prophetically preach to the people of Israel. Now, some of you may be thinking about my description of Ezekiel's day and wanting to relate it to our present context. And that's quite all right. Because as a member of the kingdom of priests, the church that Christ has redeemed, are you willing to confront the sinful behavior that pervades the people of God? Now, before any of you say that there is no sin that pervades the church, let me remind you that people don't just attend church. People are the church. As far as sin is concerned, I know that in the morning and evening office, there is time for confession of sins, not only for the things that we have done, but for the things that we have left undone. In a few moments, before we come to the table of the Lord, we will once again confess our sins to Almighty God. So recognizing that we have things that we must address, are you willing to abide by the principles of Scripture as we find them in this part of Ezekiel's story? Additionally, are you willing to deal with them as they come up in your life? When looking at the world around us, Things can seem hopeless, but I want you to understand that God desires to use you to fulfill his purposes in the world. Amid the chaos and confusion, you must hear the word of the Lord. The voices of worldly empire can speak loudly within our society and culture. You can hear the call to stand firm on God's word, but you, if you are not careful, can also hear and embrace the ways and means of our culture and our society to address the problems within them. The church maintains an obligation to discern the voices they hear and listen to in order to make sure that they are listening to the voice of the Lord. Ezekiel heard the Lord speaking to him. Who do you hear? To whom are you listening? Are you listening to God, especially through his word? Are you listening to secular culture? Are you listening to our country's Christian culture that has a repeated history for adopting the ways of the world in order to accomplish what we deem as godly goals? 
Our Old Testament lesson begins with Ezekiel, having just seen the glory of the Lord as he comes in upon his throne. He hears from the Lord who says, Son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. Ezekiel is repeatedly reminded of his humanity by reference to him as son of man. If he has any doubt in his mind, he has a constant reminder and he hears that he is a mere human. He hears that he is mortal, that he is dust, and to dust he will return. While his name appears only twice in the entire book, reference to him as son of man appears more than 90 times. He can do nothing of his own power, and he knows it. And quite honestly, we can do nothing of our own power, and we must be aware of that. Despite his status as a mere mortal with limited abilities, the call to stand up is an invitation from God to conscious participation in God's concerns. It is an invitation to be poised for action on his behalf in the world around us. Having been on the ground after falling on his face before the Lord, he said, the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. Ezekiel could not even rise up before the Lord in his own power. This image recalls to mind the language of Zechariah's prophecy where he says that it is not by might nor by power but by my spirit declares the Lord of hosts. Therefore, whatever he does must be done based on the work of the spirit. Seeing this, we must recognize that all we aim to accomplish in the name of the Lord requires the empowerment of the spirit for action. So being empowered for action, what are you supposed to do? Well, God calls you to speak his word to those around you. Ezekiel received a call, one we rarely aim to fulfill within our world. The Lord sent him to the covenant people of God. He sent him to the people of Israel. The Lord described them as a nation of rebels, those who had rebelled against him. The Lord noted they and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants are also impudent and stubborn. These were the people to whom the Lord sent Ezekiel. When I look at the world around me, it seems far too often that those in the church are willing to speak to the actions and attitudes of those outside of the church to call out their wrongs and to, and to demand that they change. St. Paul addresses this kind of approach in his first epistle to the Corinthians. He asks, For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Within our current context, many inside the church generally spend their time engaging in a so-called culture war, confronting and judging those outside of the church for their behavior while failing to acknowledge our own faults. Based on the teaching of scripture, it is time for those in the church to stop it. It is time for those in the church to confront the sin that is in the house. It is time for those in the church to recognize as St. Peter testifies, and he says, it is time for judgment to begin 
at the house of God. Now Peter's words recall the language of the prophet Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 9, we see that judgment comes upon the people of Israel. It begins in the sanctuary of the temple and goes out among the community. Therefore, as the New Testament people of God, you should not suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. And quite honestly, you can fill in the blank with whatever sin you want to. That's not how we are supposed to suffer. On the other hand, you should always be willing to suffer as a Christian and not be ashamed. In other words, this does not mean that Christians should simply suffer at the hands of others. Given the biblical context, if one is suffering because they are a Christian, they should consider themselves blessed to identify with Christ in his suffering. But people in the church, like Israel, can be rebellious. You might speak, but they may refuse to listen. This should not deter your obedience to the call of God. For some strange reason, we like to think that when we do the right thing, we will be accepted. We like to determine whether we will do things or not based on our anticipated outcome of that which will occur. Our call is to obey the voice of the Lord, not to calculate outcomes and determine if we will be obedient. Interestingly, when you do the right thing, wait, let me, let me clarify that. When you do the biblical thing, most people will reject you. People often have their ideas of what is right, but when you do the biblical thing, you can't be wrong. That which is biblical often lies between the extremes of what people in the world will deem as being right. Those at the extremes will often not hear the word of the Lord. Both groups, at either extreme, constitute the rebellious house to which the word of the Lord should be delivered. No matter the results, you have an obligation to speak biblical truth to those in the household of faith. Though people don't usually sign up for rejection, Jesus models for believers what can happen even when doing what you should. In today's gospel reading, we find what happened to Jesus. Now we understand that Jesus is God. He lived a perfect life and did all things that were right and just. Mark tells us that Jesus taught in the synagogues and performed various signs and wonders. When he went home and did these things among those who were supposed to know the scriptures, those who were supposed to be in relationship with God, the people took offense at him. If Jesus was rejected by those in the congregation, by those who said they knew God when he went to his own and they did not receive him. What makes you think that you will be accepted when you go to fellow Christians and tell them what the Lord has said? Now before anyone says, but Father Dan, who am I to say that the Lord said something? Let me tell you now, 
While I may not be a prophet nor the son of a prophet, the Lord has provided us with 66 books that serve as the foundation for the doctrines and practices of his holy church. Therefore, if the people of God are to be confronted regarding what they are doing, Holy Scripture serves as the authority with which we should all be confronted. Additionally, if anyone should be confronting those in the household of faith, it should be those who are of the household of faith. When the church is confronted by those outside of the body of Christ, it is a shame to the church of Jesus Christ for not doing its job of addressing its sin. Admittedly, such confrontation can be intimidating. Ezekiel hears the Lord speak to him saying, Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. When you speak, you might have something to lose. You may risk losing power, position, privilege, prestige, or even the acceptance of those you call brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Maybe, just maybe, you should take the approach of St. Paul in his second epistle to the Corinthians, which we read today. He explains that the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. No matter whether you gain or lose, no matter whether people hear or refuse, no matter whether you see your desired results or not, you have an obligation to speak the truth of God's word and allow for God's power to be perfected in your weakness. In light of all of this, how should you then live? The Lord calls you to be different than those around you. He calls you to live in a distinct man manner from those you confront. Just after the end of our reading, the Lord tells Ezekiel, But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Before Ezekiel spoke to anyone, he received a scroll. Within the prophetic discourse, the prophet will sometimes receive a scroll that he is to eat. And I believe it is important that we acknowledge and embrace this part of the prophetic process. The scroll sometimes signifies the word that the prophet is to speak or the results of said prophecy. First, the prophet receives the word. Then the prophet speaks the word. Reading and keeping the word of God demands life transformation. Salvation is not just a ticket to the eternal kingdom of God in Christ. It is a call to live as kingdom citizens in the already but not yet of the kingdom of God in the here and now. It is for that reason that we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Before we attempt to confront one another, in what areas of our lives do we need to have God's word shape us with regard to the sins we commit as the people of God? Matthew illustrates this in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We first cast out the beam from our own eye, 
before we can cast out the splinter from our brother's eyes. The scriptural goal is not to avoid judging others. Rather, it is to reflectively look at ourselves in order that we might judge rightly, in order to help our brothers and sisters when the time comes to do so. May we, the church, have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit says to the churches, and then obey the voice of the Lord and live it. Amen.